Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Chickity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my five metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How are you doing? I'm Chuck. I am godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. This week brought to you by Creative Live. You want to learn how to record music? Well, check out our friends over at Creative Live uh, because they've got classes, lots of them, in engineering and mixing and mastering, taught by your favorite artists like Inverge Periphery. Dillinger, Between the Barrier to Me, head over to creativelive.com slash audio to learn more and to watch some free previews just to get you started. Chuck, I found what's probably the coolest class on this entire website. It's called, yeah, check this out. It's called Making Money with Music. Bullshit. Really? But this is so freaking great, man. I mean, like, just get get one day off work and just plan on doing Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. Just take a long weekend, right, and take this class because, like, there's no way. I'm looking at just the, the class titles. This is hours and hours and hours of content. This is three days of content, right, And where you just clear the decks, get the whole band over, and just make it a thing. And by the time you're done with Three days of learning from these guys. I promise you, you'd make your money back in space. They, you totally, you couldn't fail. I mean, this is like a, a this is like you know you see on TV like uh, you know you can't make a, a prediction about the investment yeah, whether yeah, it's going to yeah, pay yeah. off or not. You know that's sort thing. Not legal. Dude, this is podcasting and this is music, man. I'm promising <laughs> you, you spend this money, you'll make it back. Well, I mean, you you've got to you you've got to work the tools, right? You got to get the tools that you need to do what your job is. And if you want to make music your job, you're gonna have to make some money at it. And and that that'd be one hell of a good way to you know jumpstart yourself, man. Hey, uh, yeah. make sure uh, you, you make sure. Speaking of making money, we need to talk about our Patreon account. Uh, hey. Patreon.com slash Chuck and Godless if you want to help support this show. Also, another way that you can do that is uh, to subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure that you are following us. Leave us a couple of stars. Tell us we suck. Uh, that's a uh, yet another way to uh, you know bring us in to your home every single Monday when we post this thing. And of course, metalsucks.net on Mondays where you're going to find us. Uh, this week, we've got a great show for you. We got Brian Esbach. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, something. Yeah. From uh, black Dahlia murder, uh, which I, I, I hadn't seen a whole lot of interviews with him. So uh, we, that's why we wanted to talk to him. We're going to get him in. They oh, got yeah. a new album called abysmal. That is wicked. Good. If you haven't checked it out, it came out on Friday. So that is uh, going to be up for today. We're also going to talk to Stavros. Uh, <laughs> Stavros was in town in Austin. Not that long ago, so I went and had some the tacos. The almighty Atlas Moth. Dude, I had so some give context, tacos yeah. with the brother, and uh, yeah. we, we got an a in-studio story time with Stavros. Uh, and, and yes, you, you'll, be, uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised. We're also going to talk about, uh, talk about this thing with Slayer that came up this week. Um, in the, what was it, the German magazine called Rock Hard? Is that what it was? Where Tom Mariah basically admitted that Repentless is half of Slayer. Well, did he admit it or did he, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't, I don't know if admit it is really the word, but he was willing to give voice to what okay. other people all have he, said. He came to terms with it. 
How about that? Yeah. That's probably a better way to say it. He he came to terms with um with, with the way Slayer, the state of Slayer as it is right now, and uh, and we, we want to dovetail that into another larger topic. So that's uh, that's something we want to talk about. As far as is a band still a band when your core members are gone, or some of your core members, at least the ones that are songwriters. I think that's a you know a good question because you know not only like Black Dahlia Murder you know they're they're one that's lost a, a lot of core members over the years uh, you know they still have two solid main people who started the band uh, you know we're gonna listen to the new Iron Maiden track and and <laughs> we know some storied history with Iron Maiden and where their stuff goes uh, you know lead singers are different and what has changed with those guys I mean it could be the classic bands it could be the new bands is it different for younger bands than it is for these guys these old guard guys. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it just—it's one of those topics that it, it it feeds into our conversation with Sean Reiner from Cynic last week. Yep, it, we touch on it a little bit with Brian here from Black Dahlia Murder. I mean, it's it's a thing, you know. It's and then all right. So, dude, last week on um, last week's show, we said we were making a big announcement. We made a huge announcement about yeah. our Patreon campaign. Mm-hmm. Thanks to our early our early people who got on board with that. Totally appreciate it. Definitely. I'm so shocked at like how how supportive everybody's been. Thank you very much. And I, what I was going to say is that that support is helping make some pretty awesome stuff happen. Are we going to make that show. announcement in this show? Fuck yeah, dude. Okay, I'm doing it right, right now. What, October, right, right now? Right now. October 28th. Okay. October 28th. All right, go for at, it. At the Empire in Austin, Texas. Empire Garage and I, Control Room. That's right. Yeah. We are going to have our very first public appearance live public appearance what? we're gonna be joined by max cavalera of the all all so great sepultura oh so great soul fly oh so great every other freaking band the guys conspiracy been in. and so yeah, on yeah and here's another dude who can talk about the topic of whether is that sepultura or not right. sepultura. you no know what kidding. i mean i know i know so it's 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 uh, that's going to be huge, and we can also announce that we will also be making another big public appearance on the seventy thousand tons of metal cruise, February four through eight. Uh, we don't know who we're going to be doing the live Q and As with yet, but we'll know uh, when we get on board. So get your tickets. You know what I'm saying? Get your tickets. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, that that's a lot of, that's a lot of announcing right there man freaking yeah so Should've, thanks to the patreon people that's making cool stuff like that happen for us yes we definitely appreciate that and also to the guys over at the empire control room and garage and uh come and take your productions yeah. guys are putting on that show uh so they're making some accommodations for us to do it uh we'll be <laughs> we'll be right before a dubstep show on the inside stage the, the awesome <laughs> it's like oh okay we'll be don't worry we'll be out of here by seven it'll, it'll all be good I, don't you think soil work done with a dubstep remix would actually maybe work dude i think you could throw max cavalera on top of some of that shit and it would make it a hell of a lot better <laughs> i mean i think it'd be i think it'd be fucking awesome if you threw some of that together i think uh, that'd be rad dude I, i'm the only guy who's gonna be there that everybody's gonna think wandered into the metal show from the dubstep <laughs> step show <laughs> that's probably true if you go to patreon.com slash chuck and godless you can see a picture of what he's talking about for sure <laughs> so that's where you can finally see what godless looks like for real instead of that picture of muhammad he has up on uh, on twitter so uh, yeah do yeah. that well one person who doesn't like dubstep and swears that it will never happen to black dahlia murder is brian esbach i don't know we'll have to see and you can find out what he says about it right now on the metal sucks podcast Hello, 
this Charles? Yes, it is Charles. How is uh, how is this? Is this Brian? It's true. How are you doing? Uh, what's happening, Brian? You doing okay? <laughs> just enjoying a, a beautiful summer day here. You know, uh, it's awesome. Just about over. Brian, it's godless here. Uh, dude, dude, are you in Waterford like now? I'm actually in Ferndale, Michigan. But I used to work in Ferndale. Harmony House in Ferndale. Really? Right next to light on right on Woodward there in twelfth. What is that now? That that can't be it's, anything. F Y E Bob. Uh, I mean, uh, they consolidated all the Harmony houses to that one. Uh, it's in Berkeley, oh. and then uh, changed over to F Y E about ten years ago. And then pressing on a business, of- but it, it's <laughs> it's still the only F Y E in Michigan that has a metal section. Wow. So when you walk in there, do they know who you are? I don't think so. They will on Friday because we're doing a signing. Ah. I mean, I would figure like you could walk into any TJI Fridays in Waterford, Michigan, and they like roll out the stinky red carpet for you. You know, free appetizer or something out of it. You know, yeah. Uh, I wish that was the case. Um, I I don't. uh, I don't even know if there is a TJI Fridays in Waterford, but all right, cheers then. You know, yeah. That's good. <laughs> good enough. I mean, you know, chili, southwestern egg rolls. You can't go wrong. That sounds great. Who's a bigger you celebrity? Get the, you, get, you get the you get the triple dipper, right? You get the the southwest egg rolls, and then maybe the the chicken crispers, and then the spitch dip, and you got a party. Ready? <laughs> Who's ready, a bigger celebrity yeah. in in Waterford than you? I don't know, man. That's more of a that's more of Trevor's territory. The bigger celebrity in Waterford, just about anyone. Well, I mean, okay, so the the reason being is, I mean, because Black Dolly Murder, when, when it comes down to it, is like probably top of the food chain as far as extreme metal is concerned, right? You guys, are, you guys are kind of at the top of your game and have been for at least five, ten years, man. I mean, it, it, and it's only been 15. Every once in a while, I see, you know, a young metalhead next to me, and uh, he might smirk at me, and maybe I think he likes Black Dolly Murder, but... I mean, uh, it's not the, it isn't, you know, made a weird life for us. So you, you don't get flocked to when you're at Tell 12 Mall? Dude, I've actually been driving for the Uber for the past couple of months just to, you know, kill time before oh, we get back on the road. Oh. And there is no Tell 12 Mall anymore. It's like you're Lowe's kidding. and Meyer. Yeah, that, that place is gone. So, do you are you allowed to control the radio when you're doing Uber, or, or do you have to like let them? In my choose? car, I always control the radio. Like the first time I drove a couple teenagers, it was like you know time warper, just a whole lot of culture shock for me. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, can I have that aux cable?" I was like, "Okay," and they put on this like you know dubstep meets rap or whatever, and turned it all <laughs> the way up in my car. I, I don't even listen to music that loud. And this kid is rapping at me in the passenger seat. I'm like, whoa, okay, I'm throwing the aux cable out today, like right after these kids get out of the car. So it's been a whole lot of, you know, classic radio uh, for the riders. Uh, you don't just throw on some, uh, hey, have you ever heard of this band called uh, Black Dahlia Murder? These guys are pretty yeah, good. Yeah, totally. No, no. It comes up maybe like one out of 30 rides. Someone will just be like, you know, a natural conversator and... It just comes up, uh, but uh, I had one like old guy like check out the band while I was driving him. Like you know, he was, he's like, "Oh, I'll, I'll check out some music right now." I was like, "Oh, this is not awkward." <laughs> you know, gotta you know write that note. Just 
don't tell anyone what you actually do outside of Uber when you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. Uh, I'm qualified to drive, but I actually haven't driven yet. I've been. I've been kind of. It seem. It feels weird to me. I just haven't been able it's to. Kind of fun, man. It's, it's it's really fun. I mean, is it like fun? Fun like to be able to just talk to a bunch of different people, or is it just okay? I'm making a little extra money, or just. I would say the little extra money is kind of on the the bottom end. I mean, like, yeah. little extra money is always awesome, but like, uh, yeah, people are just there's all sorts of different people, and uh, you know, you can forget about that just kind of being in a regular, you know, whatever your routine is, and to like take a routine out of it and just like kind of play uh, roulette with what you're going to do for the next four hours. It's kind of funny. People are people are just nuts, man. Like. Some people get in the car and don't stop talking for half an hour. You're like, whoa, thank God, it's over. <laughs> and they always sit in the passenger seat, right? Oh, man, uh, yeah, some people uh, really want to go for the passenger seat. They're the talkers, it, right? It gets, uh, no, it's really weird. The guys that are like, guys or gals that have like been adamant about because I set it up, like I put the seat forward, it looks very unattractive. You know, as you're walking yeah. up to the car, uh, like, oh, the seat's forward. Oh, he's got a bag on there. But no, they, they still want that seat. You know, like, get it all set up for them. And then in my experience, they don't talk at all. So it's really weird. That's awkward. Huh. It's kind of awkward sitting, you know, talking from the back seat, I guess. But when you're sitting right next to somebody and then silent, that's really weird. Well, just like talking to someone you don't know while you're trying to mm -hmm. also pay attention to, you know, where you're going. And, yeah. And not screw it up. They can be distracting. You know, somebody was talking about that the other day about uh, being in an airport and sitting there at a terminal, right, waiting to fly out, and everybody had their nose in their screen, right, and which is not an uncommon sight these days. But you remember when you used to actually strike up conversations with people when you're sitting in close proximity or whatever, and it's, it seems like nobody can do that anymore. Oh man, you're not going to the airport enough. No, there, there's always there's always someone who just like it's their twitch they cannot not talk to another person if they're near them i think that's me so are you doing the airbnb thing with your house while you're out on tour no no my, my wife just kind of like does activities i i don't know they might be uh satanic in nature or just you know <laughs> knitting or art projects but it, it always looks like nothing's been destroyed when i get back so it could be satanic I, I, art you know combinations of the of those th three things I, See, I don't mean about, to like. I was thinking about doing. We have four cats, so there's hair everywhere. Like when I'm here, I vacuum like every other day, uh, and I'm pretty sure I can make you know life size dinosaur dolls out of cat hair if I just <laughs> saved it. You think anyone be into that? Uh, maybe there might be <laughs> a little hot glue, yeah. a little bit of cat hair. All right, I don't mean like I don't I have no idea what your relationship with your wife is like or anything, but you're the first guy who said, "Yeah, I'm married." Since the scandal broke, do you have any when 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 you heard about the Ashley Madison hack? Did you check to see if your <laughs> wife had signed up? No, no. I mean, because you're gone for long periods of time, you know. Oh, uh, dude, we got. I mean, I don't want to get too specific but everything's all right around here oh that sounds interesting <laughs> i don't know man. I got a roommate or if, if this podcast goes up as i know it will you know i got family members that are probably listening to i'm not gonna get sexual with you guys <laughs> no, no, no 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 totally not but i'm just saying that like like all right if i were out on the road for long periods of time 
you know, my wife's kind of attractive and she doesn't like me that much anyway. I think I'd be relatively comfortable if she could actually find a guy who had a penis smaller than mine. I think, I think I'd be relatively okay with it. I hope you're going to be satisfied with this, but there's only three things I'm really good at. And, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> all right. Writing so, songs. Okay. Uh, <laughs> playing songs. Oh, you don't have songs. to try to figure them all out. I'm assuming. Let it, let it, uh, okay. let it bounce around for all a right. while. We'll, we'll talk about it next time. <laughs> I'm thinking guitar is going to be in there somewhere, probably. Uh, okay. All right. Cool. It could come up. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, I guess we got to talk about the new record, don't we? Congratulations. Yes, congratulations, uh, by the way. I, we were doing such a great job at not. I know, uh, I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, go, we'll go back to not here in a minute. We'll, we we got to knock out the stuff we got to talk about. Well, yeah, uh, Abysmal is coming. I'm excited. It's pretty good, you know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's pretty good. I, I, dude, I, for 15 That's years. That's a good start. I mean, for since Unhollowed, man, I've gone. Ah, it's only downhill from here. And you guys have whatever. You blow my mind every time with a new record. I'm like, there's no fucking way the next record's going to be terrible. And every time you just blow it out of the water. I don't know how the hell you do it. That's quite a compliment. Thank you very much. I hope it's obvious that we take it pretty seriously, despite the fun we seem to be having. It's awesome, man. Love doing it. Can't believe we're still doing it. I know you guys are like really happy on Metal Blade, but I've noticed that like the bands on Sumerian seem lately to be doing what they can to try to get more chicks to show up to their shows by doing the clean singing thing. Did did that come up in conversation at any point while you were writing this record? Not really. And the clean singing track should be really low in the mix. I mean, uh, you shouldn't really be able to pick them out. So there trying is some to, clean to, singing try, on this record. Trying to, yeah, we, we haven't really thought about the, oh yeah, the, I know what you're talking about, the uh, the operatic part and the background on Vlad. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, we, we oh, okay, yeah, I, was jo- I was actually joking before, but uh, yeah, there, there's that. I mean, it just, uh, that seemed to be like a good thing for the subject matter of the song. Like, Dracula is such a, a present character in our culture. It keeps coming up, you know, but, they keep doing different renditions of it. And just having a song about, like, you know, who the dude actually was, it seemed like, you know, there's all this room to have these thematic, uh, like, almost cinematic sounds going on here. And so this was the first time in a long time that you guys hadn't worked with, uh, with Sukov on a record. Why? What the, What was the, the jumping-off point? We wanted to let Mark mix it. We wanted to, like, kind of, I mean, Ryan, you know, came, Ryan Williams came out and, you know, as an ex-member of the band, you know, he really gets the band, and it's the second time he's done a bunch of engineering for us. And we knew that, like, at that, if we just did it like that and then handed it to whoever was going to mix it, we wanted to, like, hand it off this time. There's been, like, on other mixes, we've been, like, you know, all involved and, like, up to whoever was mixing's ass, like, over their shoulder, like, Oh, when's this going to happen? They're like, well, that does happen, but it's after this step and this step. And we just wanted to, like, step back, you know, let who was ever going to mix it just kind of do it, and then we do feedback afterwards. This is good. Let's move stuff in this direction. Um, we knew Mark uh, was totally capable to to do that. I mean, he mixes great albums all the time, but after hearing, uh, what the hell was it? It was uh, Cannibal Corpses, The Skeletal of Domain. Oh, yeah, yeah, the new, uh, the latest one. Like, that mm-hmm. mix. Like, oh, man, it's, it's, 
it's a wall. It's a it's a hammer of sound, but it's also like super natural. It's like holy shit. I want to hear that take or a fresh take on like our crap. Like let's do it. And Mark, he had just done that. It's like Mark, all right, let's uh, let's see what you do with an album. So it wasn't like uh, we got to get away from. You just wanted to do something different. You just do something different, but I mean, it's not like we really walk that far off of our path. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean um, Mark's been involved in uh, prior albums, and, but yeah, I mean, it w- there was no like decision that came like, oh, Jason shouldn't be part of the record. It just came from the, you know, the choices that we were making on it. Yeah. How'd that phone call go? Or is that one of those phone calls that you just don't make? I don't know. We, we've talked, uh, Jason and I have talked like uh, electronically about nipples. Uh, <laughs> nipples come up a lot. Um, I can see that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, no conversation about like, hey man, why am I not working on the record? I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't, I feel like he gets it, you know? Yeah, it's funny. Most producers that you talk to are like, oh, you know, don't feel bad when when the band goes somewhere else. But you kind of hear it in their voice that there's a little hint of sadness kind of in there, you know. Yeah. And, and you guys have been with him for a while. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll be part of other stuff that we're going to do in the future. Is just after a while of working with the same team and the same aspect, like everyone's doing the same job for a while. I don't know. Like, you're making new music. Yeah should set up a kind of a different landscape for it to happen. We think sonically, like, the the mix of the album and the, the sound, the tones of everything, like, this album really has a, a really cool identity to us. So did, like, like he find out when you just sort of went, you know, email, nipple, 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 oh, by <laughs> the way, uh, I heard you're busy, that's okay, we got somebody else, nipple, bye, and that's how he kind of found out? Or do you think he just hears through the grapevine? I'm sure he heard it through the grapevine. I mean, they work together, so uh, uh, they, they work. You know, Mark and Jason work together on the same. Did Mark tell you how he, how he felt like when he when Mark told him? Did he come back and go like, "Oh man, it's going to be cool," but did, did anything like that? No, there was never really a moment where it was like, "Did we blow up you the know, thing?" I, mean, I, I I hope that Jason's not pissed, but he didn't. We've had civil interaction sense uh like amicable and yeah. no like hey dude why'd you do that i don't know oh, maybe we should give that, him, we, I, we'll give him a call everyone, let's see if we can get an everyone. interview with him chuck <laughs> get him in here when <laughs> <laughs> i hear his get, those, get, get those him, black talia murder guys fuck those I guys he's not wearing a shirt right now <laughs> <laughs> i guess like from my perspective like i would uh, like be just like so worried about what he thought and you know whether he was mad and it, we, i mean it would just become like a big deal and i would just there's, there's, would. A, well, there's being in the band and then there's doing the job that you have to do as a band with other people yeah and i mean they're working with all sorts of different other people you know at a much you know, greater rate than we do. So I, I just assume there's that understanding there. Yeah. Yeah. If he'd put like a, if he'd like emailed you his latest group on coupon, then you'd be like, Hey, yeah, all right. We're We bought that and we're going to use that towards the studio time, but he's not doing Groupon or anything. So I don't know about the group on, <laughs> I've seen the emails. I, I am, I'm kind of like a, a little bit of a, uh, electronic dinosaur. Not completely, not not like full on dad style, but I, yeah, I don't know what a Groupon is. 
dinosaur, it's but you, but but then you Uber, <laughs> so you have no problem with like the apps and stuff, though. Yeah, but yeah, he's, I'm, he's I'm not totally GPSing. G- I'm totally GPS friendly. I can oh, I can okay. sw- I can swipe to start a ride and I can swipe to end a ride. I got that all on lockdown. <laughs> Do you but, have but on your effects rack one of those machines that's got a light that goes one way and then the other way and then one way and then the other way over and over again? That's a tuner searching for a signal, but I I don't I don't have one of those cool ones. I just yeah. use the cord. Yeah, that is luddity. <laughs> I got a, I got a buddy who's got like one of those like auto tune guitars and stuff. You know, it's like tunes itself and uh come on, that's half the fun. Screw it if you do good or not playing a song, you know. If the guitar will <laughs> tune itself, that's yeah. pretty badass. I had a I had a gig one time where uh I you know, sold out gig in Grand Rapids and I had my guitar and I thought it would be really cool to do the whole like hair rock thing where you throw the guitar with the strap still around your neck and then catch it when it comes right around again. But when I tossed it, it wrapped around and then it kept on going and it hit the wall. And I, that's the thing I always think of. Like I wouldn't do that with a self tuning guitar, but if I did, I'd know I could pick that guitar up and I'd be good to go again. I could play. The last time I did that move that you're describing, uh, I was 17 and I totally destroyed, uh, a tuner uh, on this Gibson SG because <laughs> it, yeah, it, I didn't know anything about strap locks at the time either. You know, I, I just seen it at a show like right before, uh, or like the night before this practice that we we're doing. And uh, yeah, I totally like threw that guitar like ten feet in front of me. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> so is a strap lock like on the the rider for this upcoming tour? I mean, you need it to do this tour. Oh, the, the one that's on my guitar has been on there for like seven years. It's all straight. But you're not you're not tossing it around your neck like uh, CC Deville. Uh, hell no. <laughs> Why not? I, I, Do you got a I, thing I, against that? I just uh, that you know, there's so many things now that when you're doing shows, even on a regular, you're like, oh, there's all these things that could go wrong. So why add to uh, the probability of something going wrong by doing a, a cool trick? Because it yeah. looks awesome, dude. Oh, I nailed it. Dude, check Sweet. this I only had to try like 80 times before. Tonight's the night. <laughs> well, and then you also get the opportunity to possibly, you know, wang Trevor in the across the head with the stock, too, while you're at it. We just start sounding super awesome as, as soon as we start hurting each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you got to work on the... Uh, Alan's got to work on the drumstick spin, and you know you got to get all those things incorporated in here somehow, especially with the big tour coming. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we got the rehearsal dates coming up here soon, and uh, we'll see what happens. Do you guys brushing really need some, to rehearse some dust off of some stuff? But you guys don't do really need, need to, rehearse? to rehearse, right? Yeah, not really. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just so everyone has an idea of the pace of the show, even if everyone you know can you know sit down and play 100% on their instrument by themselves, and then when other people are there, you know, do the same. That's great, but you have to go through all of it to have an idea of how the show should flow, you know? When should you take a second to breathe, have a drink of water, pick your nose, talk about picking your nose with the crowd. Like, the rehearsal is important. Do you guys work on the entire set, or just like, okay, chunk, 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 kind of plan it, or is it... if we're playing a song that hasn't been touched in a couple of years, you know, we'll probably like focus on those or anything that's new 
like we'll focus on that for the good first bit of it, but we always get to, you know, running the show. Like, all right, you know how in rehearsal every once in a while you guys got to talk something out a little bit, right? Yeah. All right, so out of all the drummers you guys have had in your past, which is the one who can't stop playing while everybody else is trying to have a little conversation? The, the drummer that can't stop playing? Yeah, you know how that goes. Like, you're trying tap, to talk, tap, you're trying tap, to talk, and the guy's, tap, yeah, tap, tapping tap, away. Tap, tap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Alan can't stop playing. God bless him. But, but like, well, sound, or like, sound check is probably the longest time in any musician's day because, like, you just want to play some music. But, you know, front of house dude is going through each thing, you know, one at a time. And then for the drummer, it's the worst because usually they have to do everything first, and then they're still sitting there you know, waiting for everything else to get done, you know, in like another half hour. And it's like you're sitting there in front of your instrument, you know, you want to use it. And, uh, yeah, he's still got that spunk, man. He's, he's uh, Him and I will start jamming and get yelled at. Uh, but that, so and, and, and then you just hear a loud voice that goes, bass guitar only. <laughs> Does Trevor ever help anybody else load anything either onto or off of the stage? You know, uh, uh, Trevor is, is exceptional on many levels, but... Uh, also in this, he's never been the cliche singer that doesn't do anything. Trevor's always doing stuff, but when it comes to the show getting in and out, he's always there for load and load out. He's probably got a better attendance record than me. He's always like helping out with the drums. He knows how to help deconstruct that, because that's like the most time-consuming uh, part of it all. Young people that want to be drummers just know that you're going to be working longer. And pray and hope that you're going to have a singer uh, like Trevor that's going to help you out. I mean, you guys have done this together, just the two of you, for quite a long time. Have you guys been able to like keep a, a relationship that's that still healthy off stage? Absolutely. I mean, uh, the, you know, him and I just have always got each other, and I mean, it's not just us doing this for all these years, but we've been the ones holding on to the flame and. Uh, you know, kind of leading the thing uh, the whole time. We're pretty, we're pretty frank with each other. I mean, when something serious needs to be talked about, we talk about it, and it always comes out, you know, on the up end because we know what we're here for, and we ultimately both want the same thing for the band. But do you like head over to each other's houses between tours to, like, you know, watch movies and look up each other's significant others on Ashley Madison? My lord, that's, that sounds horrible. I mean, uh, this this year we've he comes over like uh, and you know we talk about like stuff we got to do and he does a lot of uh, like guest vocal stuff with other bands and I'll record it for him. But I mean, like we don't do too much like super social stuff in between the tours just because I mean there's the rest of your life too when you spend half yeah. the year you know just partying with your buddies like. You got it, you know? I could not see you for two months, and everything's fine, and I'll see you in two months, and it's the same. Do you think there'll ever be uh, Black Dahlia night at Tiger Stadium? What the hell would that even mean? <laughs> that could mean so many different things. That's the beauty of it. Well, I, I mean, yeah, is it like over at this one like beer stand, you can like hang out and uh, we'll do an iPod DJing thing, or... 
<laughs> well, you guys, or are we going to be on the Jumbotron? Is, is that what we're talking about? Well, you guys got to yeah. do the National Anthem and then... Yeah, during like halftime or no, whatever. No, the seventh inning stretch, dude. Come on. Oh, it's it's Motown, man. Death Metal's <laughs> not going to get the nod from the serious folks. Oh, come on. Sooner or later, there's nobody hey, left there. So I mean, we, can hope, yeah. we can hope and dream, but it's, it's still 2015, man. I mean, at this point, there's so few people in Detroit that I figured Death Metal would be kind of pertinent. Yeah, Smokey Robinson's now Misty Robinson. I mean, the dude, like, there's, like, nothing left to him. <laughs> that was good. I'm going <laughs> hey, to listen to the podcast myself just to hear that joke. <laughs> <laughs> so the big tour is happening. It's, this is the, what, it's um, the indie merch tour, which is, like, one of the, you guys have been tied together with that for a long time. That's where I bought, like, a bunch of my T-shirts for, from you guys from. When we were first touring and stuff man like there's so many companies out there that are ready to you know maybe give a band in advance depending on you know like how much people might be talking about them uh but like there's the deals just aren't real really realistic unless you're touring the outdoor arena places like and indie merch was the first company that came along and, and had and it was just fair it was, they were just straight up fair with us. They made money, we made money, and we've been working with them ever since. Kareem, who used to be our tour manager for a good chunk of years, actually uh, ended up going to settle down and work with them. And uh, he's over there, and we work together on everything pretty much. Yeah, it's always I mean, it's always seemed pretty cool. I mean, because you see stuff on tour, and you may not have the twenty bucks to blow on it right then, or whatever and it's it's always seemed to be like a nice place to go back and get merch and you guys have always like stocked the shit out of all all kinds of stuff that i could never find even patch shirts and stuff that you had on tour well we can't take too much of the credit uh, i mean they're really just an amazing company as far as taking care of what their consumers are wanting you know they they care well it seemed like a good relationship between you guys from from early on because you were one of the standards of their uh, of their front page for a long time too. We kind of have grown up together, and um, it's cool to maintain a business relationship with another entity for this amount of time. It's crazy, well, really. And you got bitching artwork, so that helps out too. Absolutely. We talked to LeJohn from Seven Dust last week, and they've got, like, a nightmare in their past. Like, they had two record labels, screw them at the same time. You guys seem to be safe from that, because I've never heard anybody really complain about their deal with Metal Blade. And then, and but they also had, like, an accountant that, like, or manager that took everything. And, I mean, that ended up being really messed up, and they got sued, and blah, blah, blah. Have you guys audited your own books? You guys cool business-wise? And are uh, uh, are the two of you guys, like, the only stockholders in Black Dahlia Murder, Inc.? We're an OLC, baby. Uh, but... Uh... <laughs> Uh, everyone, everyone that is an actual member of the band and that's everyone that's, you know, playing on Abysmal, uh, has the equal share in the band. Really? I think it's like, I, I think, yeah, it's like 17% of profit after, you know, the 15 that's going to management. Wow, man. Cassidy hook got hooked up. You guys are really generous. Uh, well, he, he was doing work for us for a good amount of time before he was given that. I mean... He did a tour before we were already planning on him recording on Everblack, and he was preparing for that before we had actually talked about him being a solid member of the band. 
Because, I mean, you guys know, and everyone that knows the band knows, that we've had a lot of members over the past uh, 14 years. Uh, people come, people go, and we have, like, a pretty damn good idea of, like, what we expect from ourselves and therefore expect from who's going to be in the band. Uh, and it takes time before, I mean, you can, someone can kick ass as a musician, just totally slay anything they try to do. And, but when you're like going out on the road and living with people for that amount of time, you have to like, like each other too. And also like have the same work ethic and the same sense of responsibility to each other. When we were talking to him, like, he was like, all right, well, you know, we'll get you X amount of bucks per show, uh, and then, but uh, at some point, if we feel that's working out and you're going to be a, a badass member of the band, uh, we'll let you know, and then you're going to make and lose what we do. Is there anybody that is an ex-member of the band who still owns some of Black Dahlia Murder, Inc.? No, they just own, uh, I mean, as far as that's concerned, they get money from, like, the royalties, as we all know, is like not much money, but yeah, it's the, they get they get equal parts of the songs that they recorded on and were part of. You don't keep the publishing for writing the song, or oh, I would be or getting, is this separate? I, I would be getting fatter ass cat checks if I said, "Well, I wrote it; I get it all." Yeah, <laughs> um, but that, that's that's not really a way to inspire others uh, that haven't been doing it as long to really give it their all. Yeah, but you said you had a lot of people in your past that didn't get inspired, man. Hey, there's people, I mean... uh, Maybe hunger will inspire them. There's people that I would talk, you know, I can say negative-ass shit about that were in the band. Oh, please, Uh, go ahead. I'm I'm, I'm (laughs) not going to, but, like, I will say that uh, there's people that have left the band that were always, like, positive members of the band, and they just couldn't do it anymore they didn't want to be or live this sort of life anymore it's chaotic yeah uh, every year is it's not planned until you figure it out four months in advance it's crazy but that's why they should only get paid for the gigs they show up for (laughs) well and then once it's over there yeah there's nothing right just the songs are recorded on yeah right exactly and you've got an extension on the house It's a breezeway, actually. It's not really a you know an add-on. Uh, it's a, thank it's a, you for joining the band here. Uh, find the bit that helps me out with my mortgage. Thank yeah, you. Build my carport. Yeah, thank that you. Doesn't happen. No, but dude, dude, but seriously, I'm just saying that, like, you know, what you you and Trevor have built is taken a hell of a lot of effort, and a lot of what it is today would not exist if it were not for all the efforts that you guys were putting in back in 2000, 2001, 2002, and the new guys weren't around for that, but yet they're reaping some of the rewards. They're not sitting at home doing interviews right now. They're not thinking about the song that's going to go on the next album, but you know who is? You are. The, the, they, they do. They do interviews. Everyone in the band does interviews. Yeah, um, but we don't want to talk to the other guys. Though. We just I, want to I talk thought to you. you guys requested me. We did. Yes, we did. Okay. We did. <laughs> You're the only one we wanted to talk to. Other, otherwise, you wouldn't talk to anybody. He's like, no, no, damn it, no, I got to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's actually because everyone else was busy with other interviews. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's how we got stuck with Brian. Ah, oh, great. <laughs> But no. is this, is this like like uh, are you guys uh, like politi- Are you guys like Bernie Sanders all the way, man? This is how we roll. It's all for one, one for all. And 
that's just what you, your ethos and just not changing it? Or has this been a, something listen, that you developed there, along the way? Cer- there's a certain amount of, like, uh, listen, uh, I'm in charge on certain things. Just stuff that you've been doing for years, and it's like, we don't need to go back and forth about this. Like, this is how this needs to happen, because it's in all our best interest. For the most part, it's everybody's thing. If you're going to be here and you're going to live like this, and we're going to, you know, shower in this cave right now uh, today, like, uh, everyone needs to have the same motivation. It's really important. If you're in a band that's been doing it for years, and to see someone that's like an amazing member leave simply because they knew they were never going to have the same footholding in the project, even though they were giving the same effort. In most cases, you're saying that a lot of people weren't giving the same effort, or they just kind of grew out of it. I was just talking about like the incentive for okay. like how we do that. Yeah, I mean, there, there's uh, there's definitely been people that you know weren't getting the same as everyone else that were getting the same as everyone else, and that fucking that shit sucks. Yeah, yeah that, that doesn't like eat you up when like you know you're standing around at Fye and you see somebody picking up one of the old albums, and you're like, God damn it, I should be getting seventeen percent more on that sale. Oh, God, no. If someone wants to look at a Black Dahlia murder CD in a sea of CDs that is a music store, like, that's it's amazing. Yeah, but you know, you know what I'm saying, though. I mean... No, I, I, I don't get burnt by that. Like, you know, set it all out, please. <laughs> we play it all. There's stuff like on that. every album, you know? Yeah. So I don't disregard the work just because, you know... It didn't work out with the dudes that we did it with. You know, the shit will always be special. All right. That's that's, all right awesome. So I, Personal. yeah, I get that. And I, I just want to be clear. Like, I really admire how you guys are, that, that you've stuck to that plan. Cause that is, I would say, borderline crazy, but you've done it. <laughs> no, and no, that's very don't, admirable. Don't worry. I, I have an even amount of like petty feelings though, towards like certain dudes. Like, oh, uh, <laughs> that bad thing happened to him? Well, fucking they earn that 50 times over but, uh, <laughs> oh I mean, yeah so what, what, what did shannon do to earn it i mean come on yeah i mean this is not this is not an <laughs> exactly. insignificant amount of money <laughs> over 15 years i imagine it's pretty significant we're talking about a, a large chunk of potential annual income that you have donated to ex-members of the band and that's that's, that's right you could buy two lawnmowers a year with some of those <laughs> and a new lawnmower would be nice i Imagine well, two electric ones, hey. one for out front and one in the back. Damn, that's a living. So, all right, so and all right, extension we, cords to go with them. That's <laughs> what kind of money we're talking about in royalties. Shit, that's living. They're totally living. <laughs> so we like talked to Sean, right? Yeah, right. From from Cynic, right? The other day after he decided to quit, and he was saying, "I was glued like he, to that." What was that Thursday? You guys put that up? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Friday, yeah. Oh, very cool. Oh, very yeah, cool. That was. That was that was the most quiet, like, 47 minutes of my day. I was just like, <laughs> man, awesome. what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, so heartbreaking. But he was saying that it was all about how Paul sometimes was spending the money, right? So do you make sure that, like, you and Trevor at least get a few expenses? I, sure that, I try to make sure that everyone knows what we're spending money on. Absolutely. If you don't know like what the costs are it's it's crazy like there's costs with anything you know it just adds up oh this little thing here this little thing there what 
it all adds up. So, I mean, I try to be very um, informative with the guys, like, well, we're doing this, and this, it only cost of this, and but we had to do this because blah, 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 you know. Yeah, I don't know. I Personally, I, I, I think splitting evenly through everybody is like the only way to go. So, no. Godless and I differ on it. I, I think it's, it's the only it way to go. Works, it works for what we're doing. Yeah. Like, there are there are situations where, you know, you have a band where there's one guy recording everything, writing everything, and he's got dudes that when, you know, the band is a, a live thing that exists in front of people, they come there and they play the parts. Yeah, or when you're like on a on, on like a Black Sabbath level and you got a different drummer, you know he's not going to get one quarter of the band for for because that means he's going to get one quarter of the merch and one quarter of this, one quarter of everything that's coming in from this date on. It's like yeah, you, yeah that's a little different. Business gets ugly real quick. It does, and uh, the the more simple you can keep it, the less chance for that. I feel. And see, I always thought, I always think of it as the more even-handed it is between all members, the easier it is to sort of make it so there's not that bitch, like that straight up, well, I don't get, you know, you no, know I, what I'm saying? Like the, the, You're you trying to say the, the easier butt. it is for the bassist. <laughs> like Kirk Hammett's like, like, I don't get anything besides rent for 10 years? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, Abysmal is, is a fucking great record, man. So congratulations. It really is good. Like like clockwork, every two years, every June, July, or September, you're there, right, with new album. Pretty, especially considering all the turmoil you've had to deal with, with, you know, these overpaid ex-members, you guys <laughs> have still been able to, like, still you crank out that. the next album. We've always, uh, the first thing that happened, you know, just getting signed, it's like, what, we're worthy of, you know, Brian Slagle's attention, and he thinks we're worthy of other people's attention, and just that whole thing, like, uh, and then people buying the albums, it's like, it's a uh, responsibility, it's, if, if we're going to be a band and go out and play shows, make music, uh, I don't know, Yeah, keeps it fresh. Are you disciplined about it? disciplined about it uh probably not by others standards but i i mean i know what i gotta do you never seem to produce an album where i'm like "Mm, they probably should have spent three more months writing songs you guys always put out an awesome album and that we've we've had some weird like i mean i think uh the stuff that was written for uh nocturnal was pretty tight (laughs) that may have been a two or three month period (laughs) But, uh, I mean, we kind of, like, me and Ryan will, like, write riffs here and there, you know, just over time. But it'll just be a couple ideas, really. And then it'll be like, all right, hey, we're we're booking studio time in nine months. We should maybe, you know, uh, after that tour there, you know, start trading some songs back and forth and whatnot. That's a married man is what that is. That's somebody that's going, going, hey, by the way, we got something coming up in six months. We might want to look at it. You planned a wedding before is what's happened, yeah. Yeah, I I couldn't have gotten married without having been in a band Yeah. <laughs>
subscribe to the Metal Sucks Podcast today. Stand by their side When the 
Book of Souls, the brand new record from Iron Maiden. That one's When the River Runs Deep. I would say that's the most Maiden song out of the stuff that's on there. I think I think that's probably my favorite song on this uh, new record. And 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 now with Cunnilingus Cancer. I mean, now you get to know what that sounds like, you know? Well, it's, I mean, we've always wondered. Dude, I'll, I'll, I will tell you this, man. I, I have to say that it is noticeable. Like, I... I I noticed that there was something wrong with his voice when I first heard uh, the speed of light. But then when I added it together that he was going through that cancer treatment at the same time and or like right. But this was before, actually, I think they were because he said he recorded the vocals while he still had the tumor makes total fucking sense. It sounds like he's singing with a golf ball in his mouth. You got river runs deep. You got you. Know, what's it? Speed of light. Do, do like is every song on that album like sound like a, a reference to Cunnilingus? <laughs> Shadows in the valley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tears of a clown. I don't know. The man of sorrows. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Empire of the clouds. That's when you. If it, that's if it were the man, the, at, if it were called the man in the canoe, I'd be like, no, screw <laughs> this, man. This is no way. Death or glory. Definitely, I, I don't want that to be the Cunnilingus song. That would be yeah. that, that. That's a bad day right there. But dude. it could have been for Bruce, you uh, know. Yeah, I mean, that, that's actually true, man. Hey, uh, Metal Sucks Podcast is brought to you this week by Creative Live. Uh, make sure that you learn how to record music. Why? Because if you're a musician, well, hell, even if you want a job in the music industry, Creative Live is going to be able to help you out with classes in engineering, mixing, mastering, all taught by artists that you know and love. Between the Barry and Me, Converge, Periphery, Dillinger, Escape Plan, head over to creativelive.com slash audio to learn more and to watch some free previews of stuff that maybe um, you would be really interested in and could pay off in the long run, damn it. Yeah, and if you're not going to invest in you, who the hell do you think is going to invest in you? You know, not me. Well, maybe I mean, maybe. You, know, like, <laughs> you, know, you got Bono from U2 like thanking his parents for giving him twenty bucks or twenty you know pounds sterling to go down to London and record U2's debut album. You know, like but you know U2's music was like something that Dad could listen to. You know, if you're a metal musician. Parents ain't supporting that shit. I well, it's, and it's a totally different album. You know, a totally different thing nowadays. You know, I mean, what you do and what you are able to do, whether it's in your basement or uh, in a recording studio, you can do a lot of really kick-ass stuff. I mean, there would not there a lot of the bands that are out today that are very popular would be nowhere if they didn't have any knowledge of how to do this stuff. And I, exactly. I guarantee you that the ones that are teaching a lot of this stuff are the ones that did this on their own and learn how to do this stuff on their own and either learn from somebody good or learn, learn through watching it on YouTube or whatever. And this is a better way to do it because the YouTube videos, who knows what the fuck is, you know, they, they still mic the, the, the head before they mic the damn cab. You know what I mean? It's like, they don't, you can never tell what you're going to get on YouTube. It's like, what, what was it that Sean Reinert said? Like if he could do it all again, the thing that he wished that he had taken a moment to learn uh, was music business. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And that, 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 those classes are there, man. So, yeah, definitely check out our sponsors, Creative Live, man. Uh, We got Stavros coming up here in a little bit, but first we wanted to talk about Slayer. Well, kind of. We talked a lot about Slayer lately, but but this uh, interview that uh, Tom Mariah did with uh, Rock Hard Magazine, I guess over in Germany, uh, where he kind of said something interesting. Can Can I read it? Yeah, read the quote. Oh, my God. This is Slayer. But instead, inside, I correct myself. I say, well, half of Slayer. But it's still Slayer. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I just want to hear what that sounded like. You the, know, when the, he said yeah, it. yeah, yeah. The inflection. Like, what, what does that actually... 
Well, yeah. What was the actual sound of that? Hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, because there's context that can be taken out of context a little bit, but he, he he's basically saying, in a nutshell, Slexeter people, this is Slexeter. Yeah, yeah, for the most part, you know, and it's, um, it, it, that's really kind of an odd thing. And what it made us think about is, you know, we, we, we talked to Sean Reiner, like we had talked about from Cynic, and, and what's going to happen with that, with that band? Is that band going to continue? We talked the Iron Maiden, you know, they continued in the 90s without Bruce Dickinson, but was it really Iron Maiden? Uh, you know, like, and it happens a lot. Uh, you know, even Brian uh, from the Black Dahlia murder, you know, Brian and Trevor are the only original members that are left in that band and people have come and people have gone. You know, what does that mean? Is it really the same band? And what is that? What does that what does it mean to be the same band? Is it about the principal songwriters? Is it about the sound? Is it about the direction? Is it about the logo? Who fucking knows, right? So what what is it really that makes uh, that makes a band stay a band even when a lot of your core members are gone? I was watching an interview, right? Because I'm doing prep for another interview we got lined up, right? With with interview with George Lynch, right? And the, the amazing guitarist, right? Or the hair rock guitarist. Yeah. And so he's talking about how him and a bunch of the other dudes from Dokken have gotten together without the the Mr. Dawkins, whatever his name is, the singer Dawkins. I could give a shit about Dawkins. But anyway, so they got together. They're recording. Yeah, that's it. Done. <laughs> so they record the like a whole bunch of old Dawkins songs with a different singer. The singer's the only different element, right? And guess what? It's not called Dawkins. And I'm just promising you that like when that band, whatever the hell they're called, go play in Vegas, they're playing like they're playing for tips whereas if they called it docking no matter who is singing for it even if mr docking isn't singing for docking they're gonna pack a club and they're gonna play exactly the same thing same thing with like in punk with the descendants and all different singer yeah they called it something different you don't hear anybody like screaming for an all reunion yeah, but uh, well, but the descendants did. I mean, the the thing is, is that what what you wind up doing is, if you give up the name, so like if Slayer, if Kerry King and Tom Araya said, okay, Hanneman's not here, we don't have Lombardo, uh, we're going to give up the Slayer name, we're going to move on and move on to something different. Well, you could potentially ruin the ability for yourself to do the back catalog. Uh, so, and and I'm saying this in co- in in kind of a weird context because uh, all of a sudden in my mind pops up Max Cavalera and what happens with Soulfly when he sings when he sings Sepultura songs. But but what I'm thinking is is that it's really the gateway to having those core things that made you who you were. Like if you are if you're a Slayer, you know, going back and playing Rain and Blood, if you're a different band, then it sounds like you're just a cover band covering that, even though you might have the members in it. So I don't know. That's kind of weird. I think it's a, you maintain the catalog when you maintain the name. Well, I disagree because I think that like if 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 this new Slayer album was given a different band name, right? They called it something else and it sounded the way it did. Everybody be upset because it'd be like, it sounds like Slayer. Why didn't you just call it Slayer? And so with Slayer, the, the name isn't about the people as much as it's about the sound. And it sounds like freaking slayer and the main reason why it sounds like slayer is because it's tom freaking araya's voice over carrie king doing pretty good old school slayer riffs yeah but i mean i i see what he's saying about the hanneman thing because you know the some of the best songs that they ever did were jeff hanneman songs and i think that having a principal songwriter missing out of your out of your staff at this point 
is is so detrimental to the band and and you know black dahlia murder is is a good example of that because i think um if i remember right brian and trevor are the ones that write most of the music i think back in the day maybe uh campaign did uh, a little bit more and ryan knight probably they all probably contribute i know that but as far as like the principles i think you have a little bit more a little less depth there so we're talking about now you have the two guys that wrote a lot of the music, a lot of the solos in Slayer, but Hanneman was like had a, a, a creative vision that these other two guys didn't. So I think that's what's missing, especially when people listen to this record and say, well, it's a Slayer record, but it's not like one of the best Slayer records ever. Yeah, but it's just as good as a boatload of the Hanneman catalog. Some of it, yeah, at least in the '90s, but that's also, yeah. you know, that's also starting to get to the time where he was he was kind of falling falling down a little bit, you know, and or, or I guess really not even the '90s. After uh, God hates us all in 2001 is when it started to kind of go south a little bit. Yeah, when when the after post spider bite was that post spider bite was that in two thousand one? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. even, I don't know what the timeline is. But I mean, I did. No, but, nobody's gotten an interview with the spider. That's the interview I want. <laughs> find that fucking spider now. But you think about it, well, like in terms of of modern bands, right? When you think of somebody like the Faceless, right, who's got one dude, one guy who's got the vision for that band, and he's the only dude that's left uh, from the uh, from the original lineup. It's his band at this point. How is that still the faceless, right? How is that possible? Even soil work, for that matter, when really uh, speed is like the one dude that's left. How is that still the same band? It still sounds like the same band, and and that's what matters. Is that really what matters, or is it the same people? I mean, uh, because then you're just writing in the style of somebody else. No, but dude, there's a very big difference. I mean, because I feel that way about Sepultura. Like I feel Sepultura right now is writing in the style of Max Cavalera. Like they're they're not like uh, Andres Kisser aside. I don't feel like that's Sepultura to me. <laughs> you know, it's I've been hard for me to deal with that because I believe that Sepultura is tied directly to Max Cavalera, and it's I've never I've never gone gone that side again. You know, and, I agree and, with you on that, but for two reasons: one being, you know, Max was the singer, and this singer is the hard part. I mean, I know that there's exceptions to the rule. There's your Tesseracts and all that, but 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 at the same time. Sepultura with Max Cavalera and Max Cavalera himself is is a juggernaut. I mean, just there's no voice that compares. There's no there. You could count on one hand the number of artists in this genre that could even come close to what he's contributed. And so, and so I don't know that you could really say. I mean, there's no way to replace that guy. Is there a way to replace Jeff Hanneman? Yeah, yeah, kind of did it. In you know, the, uh, that, but but dude, I mean, but that's what I'm saying though. I think in the end, it's all about that an individual musician and where that musician is in their career, right? So Hanneman, you know, if if this was 1988 and you asked whether or not you could replace Jeff Hanneman in Slayer, you would be able to say, "Fuck no, you couldn't replace Jeff Hanneman in Slayer. There's no fucking way you could slot somebody else in there and do dude, it differently." But I, I'm look d- at but listen, look I'm saying. at how it's, Anthrax replaced Dan Lilker. They replaced. I mean. Ha- there was so much turmoil over around State of Euphoria and Among the Living and all that. I mean, come on. It's still Anthrax. But it changed. And and that's what I'm saying is that, that if that musician stops putting out the same way that they were putting out before, 
can somebody step into their shoes and 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 step it up and do it in their style yeah i'm sure that's you know that's a possibility we saw that happen and uh, and we've seen it happen over and over again but i mean is it the same thing i don't know i mean i guess so you know well look at look here's if we're talking about singers look at contortionist i mean they replaced the old singer with the new guy new guy made that band a better band he's a better singer he's that last album by contortionist is just freaking amazing but if so, you talk to a contortionist fan you know or somebody if you talk to a fan of those bands a lot of time they will they, they'll reverse that on you might say the same thing about vela meyer or, or any of the you know what i'm saying it's like they, if they change oh, out that's another great example of a band that got better after replacing a but singer. the problem is is that the people that are fans of that band a lot of them don't think so because they well, love because they're wrong well it's possible you know there's <laughs> there are people that still love fucking sepultura the way that they the, the way that they are now you know, and, and uh, don't really love, young. they don't love Beneath the Remains, you know what I'm saying? So it's just one of those things. So I think it has to do with, you know, where in a musician's career that actually is and what and whether or not that their sound, whether it's a guitar sound, a drum sound, a vocal sound is so unique that they cannot be replaced. And I no. think there's plenty of those people that are that way. I don't think you could replace Tom Mariah. I really don't think he could place Tom, replace Tom Mariah because his voice is so I, signature. Bruce Dickinson was a great example because they yes, tried to replace agreed. his ass and they couldn't fucking do it. And but, all right, but hold on. Let's stop there on Iron Maiden, right? Because real quick now, Bruce left, right? He wasn't kicked out. He left. Yeah. So why is it that the the other guys in that band have to take not only a little, you know, a, a pretty significant financial hit as a result of his selfish ass, rather than like him, them taking like their entire careers are potentially ruined. Their families are now, you know, just absolutely there's nothing they can do because they got to go out and try to build something else from scratch just because the one guy decided he wasn't interested anymore. I don't think that that's fair. Yeah, but at the same time. They kept on going with it and failed miserably as well. So I mean, no, they, they, they didn't. Well, they did probably they fail. Well, dude, they probably would have made more money if it was with Dickinson. But the thing is, is that they definitely yes. did not sell like Seventh Son of a Seventh Son did. They de definitely did not sell like Number of the Beast. They de definitely did not sell, and that's not Agreed. because of the decline in CDs. That's because those fucking albums with I guess I get uh, that was what Blaze at that point was uh, was who was in the but, band. That, but the it comparison was isn't. But the comparison isn't to like whether the past, the comparison is to what would have happened if the, it wasn't the new Iron Maiden album with new singer Blaze Bailey, but oh, this new sort of super group with a different name, but it's all of the guys in Iron Maiden except for the singer. Well, you know, how do you sell that? How in the world do you sell that? Yeah. You can't even get a record label to answer the phone if you try to do that. <laughs> Well, I mean, but if you play if you play a record for somebody and it does not sound like sound the same just because the voice is that much different, it's over. Shit's over. There's yeah, but there's bad albums that come out with the same guys. Oh no, no, that's true, and I and I totally agree with that because there are bad. So they there put are out bad, bad albums. There are bad, well, they have put out bad albums. There, there's no there's no disputing that whatsoever but the thing is is that there are bad albums and there are worse albums and we know that about bands like slayer even with the same lineup you know so you can have the good with the bad at the same time with the same lineup or with somebody different i think the when you replace a core member somebody who is signature to that band like you would never be able to replace steve harris i don't give a shit there 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 not many times in in a band where i can say the bass player is the guy you couldn't replace. 
he is the guy you could never replace in that band. And if he was ever gone, I, I don't know that that band would ever be able to be the same. Well, I'm just in saying, I, dude, not only do I, do I want to see Zach Wilde get into Pantera and get that reunion tour to happen, I wouldn't mind hearing a new album well, not, with uh, this singer. Totally, totally, no, totally, no, dude. No, 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 dude. And you know what? Call it Pantera. Oh, no, call it no. call it Resurrection. You know, I don't no, freaking care, no. man. You call it Bring the art. it on. You'll call it the art of shredding is what you'll call it. and uh, Or Cowboys from Hell, something of that nature. And <laughs> yeah, it'll back, be a... a, a Cowboy be a back from hell. Dime bag Daryl tribute. Uh, it'll never be uh, Pantera because if it was, uh, shit would burn. There's no fucking dude, way. No, there's no I, fucking I, way. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. It'd be better for everybody. If that's uh, dude, I'm not saying I don't agree with that. I, I totally agree. I wish that would that was something that could happen because I think that that would be a, a an awesome tribute to somebody like that. But I really don't think that you could have that band be the same without somebody who is signature to the sound. And that's the same thing. That's what I'm talking about with a guitar player. Even though even though that fucking guitar tone is the worst worst fucking guitar tone that's ever been known in the history of heavy metal ever it is so fucking good and signature to that band that it's it's necessary you can't do without it and dude it's 2015 and the reunion's going to happen by 2017 at the latest and i can promise you that zach wilde is going to be able to cop that sound like from lick to lick it's gonna sound dude 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 i'm not saying that it can't be done trust me i think i think that you're insulting the quality of zach wilde's professionalism by suggesting he can't do it trust me where i'm in texas you've been in texas Every fucking every every local band in Texas at one point has had a guitar player who fucking played, uh, who tried to play and sound just like fucking Dimebag Daryl. And there are a lot of people who can fucking do it. Zach Wilde can do it because he was an idol of of the man who he would try to be imitating. So it was sort of the reverse of that, where Dimebag tried to sound like him. You know, when he was listening to Ozzy back in the day. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's. That's fitting. That's really fitting. It's something that would work. I'm not saying I think it would actually be great if it could happen, but I don't think you could record a new record that way. I don't think you I could just, I just don't think you could do it. I think that I think that Tom Mariah is getting a little too sensitive. I think he's listening to too many people who don't know what they're talking about. This is a new Slayer album. This is this band is just as good, if not better, than the Slayer of six, seven, eight years ago. So Well, I th- I, I think part of that I'm, has to I'm do with I'm happy with that. Yeah, well part of, part of that I think has to do with okay, you know, really Kerry King probably did a lot, of, you know, most of the heavy lifting on this new record, right? So I think once you get, once you roll in uh, Gary Holt into the process a little bit, I think that's going to loosen up a little bit, and they're going to they're going to realize that they got more there than they had before, uh, at least for the past 10, 15 years. You know, no slide on Hanneman. I think I I think it's I, I think Gary can actually step into those shoes pretty well, and you know, was Hanneman sound core to that to the way that Slayer sounded? Hell yeah, he was. But I really think that that had fallen off after God Hates Us All quite a bit. You know, I saw them live with Hanneman, like one of the, you know, you know the last Slayer shows that they're the last tour that he did. And it it, it was not great. You know, you're he not going to cry again, are you? No, 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 no. I'm just saying he was having trouble, you know, and yeah. you could tell. And and you could tell. And that's what, you know, from talking to talking to Araya about it, you know, that's kind of what drove him down was that he he didn't feel confident in himself anymore and when you start to lose that you lose your sound and i and i mean i think that's core to that to what makes that what it is so i mean you know 
it, can you be the right, same well, band? I think it's worthwhile because you you don't want to waste the name. Like uh, when I'm talking about the faceless, or you're talking about something, you don't want to waste the name. It's already out there. But at the same time, if you lose kind of your soul of what you were doing, then then maybe it's time. I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying that like you know if, first of all the number of people who are irreplaceable are a lot rarer than anybody would like Truth. to admit. I, and, I agree and Max Cavalera is one of those, right? And then second of all, like the, the, the those people out of that few people, almost all of them are the singers. So, well, yeah, you know, true. my adv- if you're a band, what you probably should do is if you have had a little bit of success early in your career, kick the singer out and replace him right now so that nobody gets used to the idea of that man being, you know, you know, irreplaceable you know that's, and that, that that's way paul diano can tour for the next 30 years saying the ex ex lead singer of yeah, Iron Maiden. it looks sad right it looks sad but yeah. you know it's, it, it's kind of weird because i think it's a case-by-case thing i don't think there's any like overarching thing that says this is the rule book and this is what this is what can be done because i mean it's a situation you know would i want to see masdevall keep going with cynic without sean reiner not really yes could, could he possibly do it yeah, he possibly yes. could, and it could possibly be be very good. But do I want to see it? No, not I really. do. I do. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know I if do. I do or and, not. And, and I suspect it might just be awesome. How? How? You know, this is the thing: is that all respect to Sean Reiner because he's you know an incredible, incredible drummer, right? But I think that his the thing about how well it's not cynic. And I've been thinking about a lot, this a lot since we talked to him. Like, oh, it's not cynic, you know, because we built this together. And yeah, but. I I still think that it you know it's still possible. It's still very, I mean look at death to all. I mean here it was to me you call it death or you call it death to all. I don't care. Those songs with Max Phelps singing and playing guitar and those guys playing it works for me. Just forget the to all. That's death and I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. And and the same thing sort of flies with Cynic. And I think a lot depends on whether uh, Paul is able to replace the you know the rest of the band with the right players, but I suspect the guy can do it mm, i don't know man i don't know there's a lot of people i don't know it's a, i think there's a lot of people that would argue singer. otherwise you know, well it, true 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 i it's funny because i mean the, these are the, the these are the arguments that you have like all the time with your friends about whatever band it is right you know it's like whatever man it was never the same after blah 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 and if you're it, it, i guess it just depends on when you're a fan you know like you're saying if uh if you don't believe that about sepultura that means you're you're 20 <laughs> so yeah. you don't know any better you know you weren't there when that came out and i think that also has a lot to do with it as well like if you adopt a band and they're part of your part of your person part of your canon that means that the, when that band was and what they were at that time is going to be important to you and there can't be nothing else but then yeah, I disagree. I think that that those people are the the people who do that are the people who spend most of their time like going, oh man, that other album, that old album was really great. It was really great. Whereas those people who are like, I can't wait for the next album. That that's the crowd that basically is like, I don't, I don't care as long as it's got that name on it and it sounds kind of like it. I'm happy. Yeah, but which do you think there's more of? Oh, they, you know what? I bet you there's there's more who actually want to keep the name because you know why? Because there are more bands that still exist with major members being having been replaced versus the number of times a band lost a couple of members, tried to recall themselves something else, and then failed miserably. Mm. You, yeah, yeah, you can't point to like any of those. I can't think of one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
I don't know. I mean, man. look at I mean, Death You're Angel right. did it both. <laughs> Death Angel did it both ways, right? They yeah, had that's Death true. Angel, and then they changed it to uh, the Order. I think it was called or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, didn't work. Didn't work. Didn't have uh, a mark in it. it you know, it, it wasn't exactly right. And then they recall it Death Angel. I'm, I'm, everybody's on board. They got less members in Death Angel now than they had yeah. in yeah, yeah, yeah. the Order, who yeah. were in the original Death Angel. Hey, uh, dude, we gotta we gotta get into the story time. We're, we're running long. I'm like, oh my god, oh. I didn't even look at the look at how long we were talking about this. We can see this is what happens. Like half hour. Yeah, this is what happens <laughs> with these topics. Like you can just talk about this shit forever. I, you know, it's uh, it just opens up like this whole can of worms. We got to do like a sideshow or something. Okay, one day what we're gonna do is y- y- we have to get high. Like I have to get you high, <laughs> and we have to talk about this shit and see where this goes. Because it'll be like, okay, man, all right. Like that's the that's when it's really fun to like. Go you Dude, wind it's up, fun to do and it's shit to listen that's to. probably true <laughs> that is actually really true you know uh i used to do it with my buddies and we had to we had to have a flow chart of our conversations after a while because we had no idea how we ended up on whatever topic we were talking about and it's like uh, yeah it was it was a fun thing to look at when you were sober i tell you that uh, but we need to get into our story time with Stavros, man. We haven't had one in a while, but when Atlas Moth came through Austin, I wanted to park him in a studio. So I, uh, I, I, I bribed them with tacos and brought them in, and we got a new story time with Stavros on the Metal Sucks podcast. Inspired by true events, songs, or some bullshit he just thought up. Stavros Giannopoulos of the Atlas Moth will weave tales of intrigue that may shock you. They may surprise you, or they may just make you feel sick to your stomach. The names may have been changed to protect the guilty, but probably not. Prepare yourself for story time with Stavros. The live version of story time with Stavros. This is it, man. This is, uh, finally, I've tried to narrow you down. Like I don't know how many times now. No, times quite a few. We like to roll in here drunk and late, though, all yeah, the time. So. Okay, this time we get to we get some tacos. Yeah, you know, we got but, the fire pit going in here with some yeah. s'mores. It's uh-huh. gonna be fucking legit. <laughs> it's just yes. like camping right now. <laughs> <laughs> so since you were in town, you're playing. Wanted to you know knock out a couple of stories here, man. Yeah, yeah. Let's so, do it. I got some stories see. to knock out. You got. You said you had some fresh material. I have, well, uh, not necessarily fresh as a new... Well, is there a new one on this tour? I don't, nothing... Nothing, nothing sticking out. kind of boring lately. I feel like tamed down. Not, nothing as crazy as happened. You, you know, uh, since being the on the West year. Coast, there's such long drives, you know, uh, you don't stay in a lot of the same places. Mm. So, you know, we play in Seattle, but you stay in like fucking, you know, two hours out. Yeah. So yeah. there might be some fresh ones coming on up because we're going to be staying in all these nice little East Coast places where we got short yeah. drives. But mm-hmm. for the time being, I have some doozies we, from the past that were, uh, uh, Beetle over here is actually, uh, has a, more of a better memory than I do with this shit sometimes. And he often reminds Reminds me of ridiculous things that we've done. <laughs> so uh, this one that's gotten brought up a few times, and he keeps telling me that when I do this, he had to be a part of it. Yeah. So it was a very big uh, there, thing there's, for me. Co- there's conflicting. There's conflicting aspects of the story. So. Of the story. <laughs> uh, depending on how high you were at the time, but uh, so uh, we're gonna bring you back to 2013. We were on tour with Gojira and Devin Townsend. Uh, we were rolling into Manhattan. And uh, I'm not sure if you guys recall, it was like two years ago, there was a blizzard in Manhattan, which is like... Superstorm Sandy. Super, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. it. That was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was after the... They, they were all paranoid. Sandy? That was why they shut oh, everything yeah, down. Oh, yeah, it was after oh, Sandy, okay. and so, there was like a fucking snowstorm. The city storm. essentially freaked out. 
and shut all the public transit down. Yeah. So, like, yeah, we rolled into Manhattan fighting this fucking storm. Which was nothing, by the way. Yeah, which was nothing, by the way. Bunch of pansies, if you ask me. I'm from Chicago. Yeah, I've right. seen some fucking it's snowstorms. A couple flurries. Yeah, a couple flurries. <laughs> you make a me a fucking no, I'll break. show you make a fix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you ever hear a polar vortex, motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, uh, so we roll in there, uh, and I guess they wound up shutting down all the public transit. So they wound up rescheduling the show for, like, two weeks later after we fucking paid, like, 50 bucks in tolls uh-huh. to get into fucking oh, Manhattan. Yeah. So, uh, quick side note, because I have to bring this up too, because I'll never let Andrew live this down, is that I walked in this blizzard to a Barnes and Nobles to get him the new Game of Thrones book, like a fucking nerd. <laughs> and, uh, Walked back, gave him this book, and they canceled the show. So we decided to drive somewhere, I guess, to, probably towards our next show to stay. I don't even recall. Yeah, our next show probably would have been in Pittsburgh. So Yeah, I think that. So I think we're heading that way. We, we, we ended up in New Jersey. We ended up in New Jersey somehow <laughs> or another. And so. uh, we had uh, Andrew uh, LaCour, who played bass in Ken Mode for a while. He was in a band called Con 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was with us tour managing, doing sound and merch. Yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And he was driving, and uh, he doesn't really smoke pot very often. And we all got stoned, and we fucking were like, come on, smoke this weed with us, you know? So he gets stoned, and uh, we're driving down the highway, and one of my biggest pet peeves on tour is when whoever is driving fucking just pulls off when they don't see a fucking gas station. Like, well, there's got to be one. <laughs> it's like, that's the dumbest fucking logic I've ever heard in my entire life. It's like, well, there's clearly nothing at this fucking exit. We should get off. Like, Whatever. So we pull off of this exit. It's in like some fucking rich part of New Jersey. And uh, we're all baked. And he fucking winds up turning around this residential area. And in this residential area, at the end of the street, there's like these big ass trees. And it looks like the steepest curve I've ever seen in my entire life. Andrew sets off this bout of paranoia on the fucking bus. And uh, me and our old drummer, Tony, who is probably drunk and crying at this point, the only thing I can think of, uh, get out and we start assessing the scenario. We wind up walking up to this house and asking for a shovel because we're going to shovel this, what, you said like a half mile? Yeah, it was about, you You guys, your plan was to shovel the entire street out, which was about about a half mile. <laughs> that was what <laughs> our plan was. Shovel. That was what our plan was. Now, he is, now this is where he kind of comes okay. with this story because he's going to sit here and tell you so, the actual logical aspect where the three of us are sitting here being completely illogical. So, well, the three of you are being... Completely illogical. <laughs> Other Andrew, who's in the Atlas Moth, and myself, who probably were the most sober ones at the time, are just kind of sitting kicked back in the bus in the warmth, laughing at what's going on outside. Because it just is ridiculous two bearded men crying, shoveling snow. I was and, uh, not crying. <laughs> okay, right. well, sorry. There was, there was, there was tears. There was, there was some tears it, being it shed was by not by angles, me, though. Don't put that shit on me. So at this point, like, Andrew, uh, Reagan, and I just kind of are leaning back and we're like, you know... We could just try driving down the hill. I mean, I don't think it's that bad. And at this point, Andrew LaCour comes back into the bus, and he's very visibly shaken up. Yeah, and he may have been crying. He uh, then is like, I'm calling the police. We're stuck, guys. And I'm just thinking to myself, we have so much dope in our bus, and we're all high. (laughs) It's a really good idea to call the police. (laughs) But I'm like, all right, you go ahead and call the police. So he does and everything. So about... You guys continue, you know, your shoveling 
of the, of the street <laughs> while the family that you borrowed the shovel from is also looking on in like horror and disbelief that you know this bus full of bearded guys is on top of this hill asking for their fucking shovel to shovel the fucking yeah, entire yeah. street the fact they even opened their doors blows my mind yeah. uh, I, 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 do, I should point out that there was a lot more snow in New Jersey than fucking there was Adam. I mean Just there, it, was record. A, it was a decent amount of snow on the ground yeah. but still being from Chicago it was nothing you know we can't handle yeah Anyways, totally. in hindsight, so he's totally right. Let's roll like 30 minutes forward. This cop rolls up and, and he's just like, what's the problem here? And Andrew LaCour is pretty much just like, we're stuck on the hill. Like cops. He's just like, like, we can't drive down do the hill. We're going to stuck die. on the hill. So basically, for lack of better words, like the, the, in the, the nicest way possible, the cop straight calls Andrew a pussy and tells him <laughs> to drive down the hill. Yeah, he was like, what, what, can, what can we do, officer? And the officer was like, uh, you can drive yeah, down you the can hill. Yeah, you can drive down the hill. Pussy. There's no pussy, but it was implied. Andrew yeah. Reagan and I are in the back. I'm just like, well, this is what we've been saying for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, Why don't we try it, guys? So. Then we I drive down the, the hill. I guess the story perfectly, perfectly, kind of fizzles out there because then we uh, <laughs> drove down the hill and everything was fine. <laughs> it, it, was, it was literally so. not even that bad. But, I mean, the effects of marijuana are true. You know, you have to fucking recognize that paranoia. Par- paranoia effect. took effect. Oh, it's always so good to hear his voice again, dude. Story time with Stavro. I love that dude. I really do. He's a, he's a crazy Greek, that guy is. And can I say, dude, I listen to Atlas Moth all the freaking time. It's such the, like, perfect, like, oh, my God. Like, the number of people who are doing awesome stuff with black metal, you can name like on one hand and they're just the Alice Moth are there they're doing amazingly amazing things for this genre and I they're the, they're the type of band that everybody else is going to catch up to and by the time they do Atlas Moth will have moved that much further ahead what's great uh, is I saw them they they played what was billed as because it was on the same night it was the um, Summer Slaughter after party <laughs> which you know Summer Slaughter tour not even close to what Vatnet Viscar and Atlas Moth are doing, right? Not even close. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it was so, it was kind of depressing because when we got to the after party, which was the same venue just inside, um, there were maybe 30 people there to watch them. But at the same time, I was really kind of happy about it because it doesn't matter with those guys. They deliver Every single time, doesn't matter if it's in front of two fucking people or if it's in front of 900, it doesn't fucking matter. They're always good and always amazing and just blew me away once again. And Batnet Viscar was just fucking hands like those guys. Holy shit. They, they've, I saw them play like in the back end of something at South by Southwest, you know, four or five years and, and they were great, but they've, they've come so far and they're just amazing, man. It was, it was such a good show that night. So just, just, we keep, you know, glad yeah, to hear them again. We, we keep on talking about Cynic and Sean Reiner because, I mean, obviously, it's like the most traumatic thing to happen in this genre and for quite some band. time, I right? Do. I love that But band. you think about, like, how ahead of the curve Cynic were in mm-hmm. 1991, 1992. That's, what, that's where Atlas Moth are now. Mm-hmm. They, they really are. And they've got to survive. They've got to, they've got to do it, and they've got to... Uh, and you know everybody else. I mean, we saw with Gojira and other bands, other bands like 
they they see it other musicians can see it well and each one of those dudes is like great great people like they're like they're good people too and that goes a long fucking way too so glad to have stavros back here on the podcast as well so thank you to stavros thanks to uh brian esbach uh from the black dahlia murder for being our guest this week and uh you know thank you guys for be, be, becoming uh, early adopters of our patreon account if you haven't gone to patreon uh check it out it's a way for you to support independent creators uh that would be kind of us you know patreon.com slash chuck and godless is where you can find us on patreon uh maybe you want to make a contribution feel free maybe get some special perks for you and you know if we get enough um we might even stop doing this show altogether <laughs> if you if you pay us what what do we say a hundred grand or something like that yeah we'll just give, we'll go away yeah we'll, we'll get, we're doing get the, out of your life we're doing the 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 live uh, uh events on october 28th in austin texas and then february 4th through 8th on the seventy thousand tons of metal so a lot of good uh, things coming up and who knows maybe and, even more stuff because we, we got some good suggestions exactly. from people and and some stuff that that we we're definitely taking into consideration that we want to try and uh supporting the patreon is going to help us do some of that stuff so we appreciate exactly, that for sure exactly so yeah. also follow us on the social media so that way you can keep up with these things as they change i am at bearded ape i am at godless speaks and facebook godless speaks so make sure you keep up with us there and uh, subscribe to us on itunes uh just find us give us a couple of stars tell us we suck just search uh, metal sucks podcast and you will find us uh definitely uh, hook up there and of course every monday at metalsucks.net you'll find us till next week i am chuck i'm godless and this is the metal sucks podcast <laughs>